Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And this week, I am joined by an absolute juggernaut in the trucking industry. She is the president of Sugar Creek Enterprises and the founder of the uh, Mother Trucker brand. Please welcome to the show, Monica Byers. Monica, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today on this Good Friday. I'm so excited you're here. It's, Thank you. I've, I've been wanting... When I get you on the show a minute, I love trucks. I love things with chrome on them that shine. I love the smell and the sound. And uh, you're right in the thick of all that, right? We are. Yes. It's so, a lot of fun. So, man, before we get into, like, who you are and what it is you do, how did, how did a girl, like, I have to go there, how did a girl make it so far in such a masculine-dominating industry? You are just absolutely crushing it in what is historically perceived as as an industry of salty old fellas tell me how you got tell me how you got started and how, how you built such an amazing company it it is that it's definitely a man's world i just was saying this morning that it's actually nice to be a girl in a man's world in this industry because sometimes with a sea of trucking companies because i'm a woman i stand mm-hmm. out Oh, yeah. They're not going to forget me because I stand out because I'm not, you know, hey, that guy, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, she's one of a couple of women in the industry. So that's uh, that's kind of the fun part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, back in the day, back in the early 90s, I was uh, a broker. I started out actually as an LTL salesperson while I was going to college. And okay. then it morphed into becoming a, a broker for a company called Landstar in Jacksonville, Florida. And then um, I had that agency with my ex-husband. We were the top three agents out of several hundred people. I want to say 700 or 800 uh, agents. And, and now yeah. a, a broker is somebody uh, um, that helps move loads around, isn't it? Now t- tell me, wh- yes. what does a broker do? So a broker is, it's also like a real estate broker. When I say broker, people assume real estate, but um, a broker is someone who never touches the freight, but mm-hmm. you you actually go out and you sell to the manufacturer or the, the shipper, someone in their warehouse, and then you make arrangements to have a trucker pick it up and deliver it for that customer. And then you charge them a fee for your services. So you're essentially like setting up all the logistics of making it move, but not actually moving it yourself, correct? Correct, yes. Got it, got it. So what was the natural evolution of the brokerage then? So the natural evolution was uh, we kept having truckers that would not be dedicated to our dedicated accounts because people chase money. Mm -hmm. And instead of you know, them staying and, and us paying them, you know, as an example, I always use a thousand dollars just to do the math properly, but easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's say for a thousand dollars, you know, we're paying them to haul a load from, from SoCal to Phoenix every day. And then, you know, there's certain times of year where people pay close to double. Right. And that's towards peak season. And right. so peak season is before Christmas. So all the goods are in the stores so mm-hmm. that they can sell them to people to give gifts for the holidays. Right. 
So during that time frame, they don't want to make only a thousand dollars, but yet we've contracted with these big companies that we're going to haul this freight for them year round at mm -hmm. that rate. Right, right. So you know, carriers jumped and and, and left, and so after doing that that's the reason why uh i opened a trucking company so that i could be the good carrier for um for the brokers that are out there for for our own broker at the time so it was a good thing but that, that makes a lot of sense because people do chase dollars um especially in the uh, the blue collar industries um man this question is coming out of order um <laughs> Ah, oh, man, I want, I wanted to ask this later in the interview, but like, do you see still in trucking a bunch of driver churn problems? And Oh, yeah. Okay. All oh, right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to the solution to driver churn problems later in the, <laughs> later in the part. I, I want to know your story still. Um, okay. I, we're, we're, we're too, we're, we're not far enough in to start talking about business challenges. I want to know your, your story still, but uh, we'll get back to driver churn in a little bit. Um, so you had the, you had the freight brokerage and you morphed that into the, uh, the, the, the sugar, uh, sugar Creek enterprises. Was that right? Sure. Yep. There's sugar Creek enterprises and sugar Creek transportation plus mm -hmm. mother trucker. So I've got three trucking businesses in addition to other businesses, but, um, those three are are all combined to a degree. Mm -hmm. So Sugar Creek Enterprises is a company that I started in 2011. And it was where I purchased three trucks that I never wanted to own. And so we found drivers that wanted to, right? I don't what, want to. Well, what, what was that like? How do you how do you even buy a truck? Yeah. Like, so I, aren't they I really expensive? Really, they're very expensive, right. especially now. They're quadruple what they were back then, but um, but back in the day, I bought the three. I found three truckers that I could lease them back. I had a really good a standing with the bank, and so they gave me an equipment line of credit mm -hmm. and told me I could get you know ten trucks. And I was like, you know what? Let me just start with three. So I started with three. Three is my favorite number, and I just kind of ran with it. And I got a lot of education from the the drivers, <laughs> and they ended up. Two of them gave me their trucks back. One of them uh, paid his off and, and, you know, went his merry way. Well, so. that was my next question. Of those first three trucks, what were, what were some of those startup obstacles that you, uh, you just ran headlong into? Everything you could imagine. The interesting <laughs> thing about this business in this industry is no one shares anything with you. And I don't know if it's because um, people just feel like they don't want to share because they don't want to give up a piece of the pie. And it's about an $800 billion business. So about 70% of everything is transported on a truck, right? Right, right. So pretty much if you have a pen on your desk or a computer, it was transported on a truck. But um, some of the obstacles were, were well, completely, I I knew as a broker about it, but a couple of my friends were like, hey, if these guys can do it, you can do it. You know, I'm like, okay. So I hired uh, What could possibly who, go wrong? <laughs> right. What could possibly go wrong every single day for the rest of your life? But um, <laughs> it is that. It is, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is that. Even today, I was like, oh, you know, it's one of those things. But um, 
really, I had someone that kind of showed me the way, put me in touch with certain people that could help me at least run my business legally. You need someone that can run your plates, someone that can, you know, operate your, your DOT, your insurance, you know, just the basics. So I had someone that, that taught me how to do that, put me in touch with these amazing drivers, and I kind of just kept going from there. So how did you get from three trucks to, to where you are now? There must have been some, uh, at some point, because when the first three didn't go according to plan, most people would have quit, but you didn't, did you? What, what happened after that? Yeah, so I, I have the long version or the short version, but... Well, I mean, um, yeah, we, we've, got, we've got quite a while to chat, so I mean, tell, <laughs> no, tell whichever right? version you feel comfortable with. You know, this, this, this show's about you, um, uh, your yeah. story, your journey, and uh, yeah, tell whichever version of the story you like. You're fun. Thank you, Sam. Um, so my, my version of, um, it wasn't just three trucks that kind of got me into hard times. It was, I had truckers that you kind of hit the nail on the head by having driver turnover when the, uh, country issues some sort of regulation that's changed. People don't want to do it anymore and they quit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I had a lot of truckers over the years to say, I don't want to be in this anymore. Do you want to buy my truck? Sure. Why not? You know, so I kind of accumulated other people's trucks and that got me to 10 of my own. Um, in the meantime, I had owner operators, which also hired on with me. So they own their own trucks. I really wanted to continue to go down that route because mm -hmm. I didn't want to own anything. You know, I didn't want to wrench on a truck. I didn't want any yeah. of that, but I ended up hiring a mechanic and, all of that but but I got to the point where um, in this industry right now there's a record amount of trucking companies that have come on to this space and they're not necessarily knowledgeable about it but with a flood of truckers that come in you know it's supply and demand so there was a time when I basically didn't make any profit but I gave the, the same fees to my truckers. So they want a certain rate per day, or, mm -hmm. you know, let's say it's a company driver, they get paid by the hour. And in the meantime, my rate that was $1,000 might be $300, or it might go up to $2,000 or, you know, so it's, it's not always consistent with right, every right. customer, every lane, every, you know, so all of that. So I went to a point in time where I had 10 trucks. I had several that had gotten you know, broken down, got damaged, blew a motor, had some issues, needed a transmission, all of these things. And they all happened at the same time. That, that seems and, to be a, that seems to be a yeah. common theme um, mm -hmm. in business. It, it never rains until the minute it pours. Yes. And I, I wasn't financially prepared to have handled all of that. Mm -hmm. So um, I got to the point where in trucking, I, I just remember you know, with the driver turnover, people come to you and they're like, yeah, this guy didn't pay me my last paycheck. He would never pay me on time. I'm like, what the hell? Who does that? Right. Yeah. I was that person. I became that person because as these things started uh, to struggle getting paid, you know, I, I was struggling along paying my mechanics and, and everything. I totally Im pretty much imploded. I had two people that trusted me um, to, you know, continue to pay them not on Friday, but maybe Wednesday, the following week, mm -hmm. um, those people stayed with me. Um, 
they're still with me all of these years later. And um, that was back in, you know, 2015, 16, where I was really struggling with, with all of those imploding. And yeah. so as I started owing millions of dollars to people, um, yes, that was a nightmare and a half. And people were like, just start a new company, just start a new company. And uh, the DOT had me shut down uh, because I had a guy driving without a license um, that one of my uh, my operations manager had three trucks on and he wanted to make the money and sent him. And this guy went from state to state being shut down and it was ugly. It was just ugly. all of it happened all at the same time. Wow. So, you know, like I, I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet. I didn't know how to um, to do that. I wasn't able to even take an income myself from the business because of a divorce I was going through so I kind of thought well okay that'll you know I'll have money from him and that didn't work out I I got little 33 cent paychecks instead but that's a whole other story um but but uh I had a couple guys I had a tire guy and a mechanic that said that they would help me and I asked if they could fix one truck at a time put it on the road and then I could pay them after I paid that one truck off of the repairs and the tires, then let's fix the other one. So these two guys had faith in me enough to be able to give me the chance to start basically over. And I got my trucks fixed. It took about a year and a half. Wow. And then um, I was running the operation with just two of us. And at, at my peak, I think back then I had about 36 uh, combined truckers um, on the on the road. So, you know, it, it was a struggle. And um, you start another company when you go bankrupt, right? Um, and people were suggesting that I just bankrupt my company, uh, Sugar Creek Enterprises. And I was like, no, I, I don't want to do that. But when the DOT... Um, came down on me, I did start Sugar Creek Transportation. Mm -hmm. And so that that was kind of the differentiating, you know, factor where I decided I would put Sugar Creek Transportation and grew just my own personal trucks and then Sugar Creek Enterprises with just the owner operators. So I kind of right, kind right. of developed into that. But um but I started it and I was, you know, teetering bankruptcy with with people. I'm like, I look at these people every day, you know, like it's not like you can hide from them. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know me, they, you know, so I can't just say, Hey, tire vendor. Hey, you know, fuel guy. Uh, I just started this new company here. I could, I just couldn't sleep. Right, so I right. dug myself out of a deep, deep, deep hole and, um, you know, just kept making payments and people allowed me to do that so that I could keep functioning. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't see me going to work for anybody ever. <laughs> So no. my choice was figure it out, you know? So, um, wow. so that was the, the, the long story with not a whole lot of details, but I mean, that was pretty much the gist of it. You know, it's kind of a nightmare, but, well, um, thank you. It. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for opening up on that. And so many lessons to unpack out of that whole, whole uh, saga there. Um, and it's probably going to be hard to pick one, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Is there one real standout lesson from... Because that, that's really scary when you get that close to the edge. I've missed payroll before. I think uh, one time, I think it was early 2014, I missed it on a Friday and I had it paid by the Tuesday, but it was about the scariest thing I'd ever been through. Um, 
What was the one lesson, the standout takeaway from, from getting that close to the bottom? Yeah, that's a scary one. Um, one thing is never give up on your dreams, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if people give you that opportunity to, to restart or continue, mm -hmm. that's really it. But, um, you know, I, I pretty much learned that the, the fact that this industry is rough, but this is the only industry that I've been in for so many years that I, you know, I didn't want to give up on it. So, you know, I just kept moving forward. Um, probably though, the biggest to try to get out of that. And I don't know what you did with your payroll that you were late on, but, um, I decided that I would run all of that debt, um, and run as many hours as I could without hiring people. And I made mm -hmm. that mistake of not hiring people to help me because in my mind, I thought I don't have the money to pay my debt off. How could I afford to pay somebody to, to help me? And I was just running crazy hours up at 4 a.m. and working till midnight. And, um, you know, if I could change it, I would have hired somebody else to help me. And I probably would be double where I'm at by now or more. So, cause it took me way long to get out of that's a lesson that can't be taught in the classroom in my opinion that's a lesson that has to be learned in practical application um you you go through a mindset shift as you you start to break down and most entrepreneurs when they come into this they want to save the money they want to do the work themselves and um honestly that thing was probably the the, the biggest thing that hampered me the most um was was trying to carry every single thing by myself because um, when you're broke, where do you go? You go to work, you know? If I need money, I, ju I, just, I just start selling. I pick up the phone, I make phone calls, I, I do my job, I do it better, I do it harder, I do it longer, I do it more, whatever it is, okay. if I don't have money, I gotta go make money. And so that was my only option and I put it all on my shoulders. And again, same with you, I'd probably be double as far along as I am now if I'd known the next steps to take instead of just trying to, uh, trying to figure them out. Um, so yeah, two separate companies now coming out the hole. We're in 2016, 2016, 2017. How did you grow from there? What was the plan of action? And, and more importantly, from getting so close to the edge and going under, did that alter the way that you fundamentally managed your money? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a question? Heck yeah. Okay, let's just go on to that part. I mean, yeah. Uh, this, this, look, the whole point of this show, right, <laughs> is to tell everybody how messed up we were and that their messes are just the same as our messes and this is how we fixed it. That's it. It is true. And, and it is true. I, I feel it was interesting that you just said the exact same thing as I did about, you know, trying to get yourself out of that hole, you know, and, and you don't learn this stuff in, in school. You don't learn 99% of business in school until you're actually out in it. But now we, we, we are going to talk about the, the coaching programs here in a little while, because I know you're oh, yeah. very active in two, yeah. two really big ones, but let's, yeah. let's stay on your story for just a few more minutes okay. and talk All about, right. and talk about uh, how it changed you, you, you financially. Financially, man, oh man, I, I kind of went through a lot of hell. Um, I was going through divorce during all of this too. <clears throat> and so 
I was given 33 cent paychecks and was court ordered not to take any money from my own business. Right. So, you know, to me, I'm like, yes, I get to just continue to throw all my money in this business. Right. Like, woo, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my, you know, check from him. And yeah, it didn't work. But, um, so I struggled a lot. I, I had days upon days with no electricity at my house or no electricity, you know, at work, even, mm-hmm. um, I struggled at that because we were, we, I had started my company to help my brokerage. So I was still tied to my ex-husband by having his customers and hauling freight for him. Right. So he was my single customer for a long time too. And then I like, I had to get out of that because then he cut me off. All this all happened around the same time too. So I, I couldn't haul for, for the company anymore. And I had to go out and sell. And oh, wow. um, yeah, so I, I was really uh, kind of struggling, but financially, I never want to be in that place again. And I kind of brought me back to you know, I'm living like a college student, right? I feel yeah. like when you're in college and you're broke and you're eating top ramen and you don't go anywhere and everything's free. And I mean, so, yeah, sometimes look, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you just got to got to get dumped on your ass for a second. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yep. just save a little money. Yeah, yep. go <laughs> back to that. So, I think for me, um, I've chosen to uh not be in debt as much as possible Mm -hmm. so um i had a a repo guy come along the way i mean just you name it and i've gone through it right so um i really was like all right if i'm gonna get a truck i want to pay it off i don't want to i don't want to be in debt i you know but i i did i just bought a truck yard i'm in debt millions you know it's like okay here i am again but i've also have the capacity of earning which is much greater now yeah, than it yeah. was back then but you know I, I totally it I t- learned a lot I wanted everything paid for I don't want to be in that issue in, again in my life um, and I really have invested a lot I've con- catapulted my my bank account and my investments and and you know other streams of income too besides trucking because trucking is also volatile yeah so you know, I end up um, getting it to where uh, I take money every single Friday and, and put it in a bank account. And then that goes here and there. And, you know, I mean, that's kind of the, the way that's changed my life forever. So do you take a, a profit first model? Uh, approach? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And profit first. Yep. You, t- you pay yourself and then you pay your bills with what's left. That's the way to do it. And, and tell me how long, uh, tell me how long ago you did that and what results you've seen from following that program instead of the program that got you in trouble. Yeah, I've kind of always had that mentality. Um, so that's kind of it. I never was a budgeter. I know a lot of people, they take the time, you know, with their husbands or wives and they go over a spreadsheet and they show, here's how much money we have and here's all my bills, you know, and here's what's left. I'm like, here's how much money I have. Here's where it's going. And I would like to live on as little, you know, as possible and invest as much. So I I live on about 3% of my income right now. (laughs) Oh, wow. To be honest, you know, so it's like, I, 
I, I could be living large, but I'm, I'm not, you know, so I, I feel pretty good about it because I also lost all of my retirement and uh, I really need to fast forward all of that. So I'm, I'm just really investing in a lot of different things um, to be able to make up for lost time. It gets a lot more urgent as you cross uh, certain certain age uh, age yeah. boundaries. I started looking at mine. I'm like, man, I better hustle a little bit harder, you know. Yeah, um, it's, it does do that, huh? <laughs> there's definitely a balance to be had. So um, I want to touch for a little bit on some of the uh, some of the personal development stuff that you do because you're big into that space. That's how we met. Uh, yes. we, met, we met through Apex, but you're also uh, very heavily involved in the Arate Syndicate as well, right? Yes. So maybe yes. maybe give us some thoughts on coaching and uh, maybe give us some inside scoop on Arate and uh, let us know a little bit about that because that's something that interests me. I just uh, I just wonder if I've got time for yet another high-level coaching program because, uh, man, that, that would be a, a, a real good group to get around. It's tough to, to do all of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but you have to take the time for it to be able to uh, advance your own mind, right? Absolutely. Like-minded people, you know, like we kind of both touched on the fact that we we struggled and um, being around people that that are high achievers and that that don't give up, and pretty much all of us have determined that we've all been in really bad positions in our lives, and we've come out, you know, on top, and it kind <laughs> of changed all of our mindsets, right? Yeah. So. That's something that actually I was in RTA before I joined Apex, and it's because Ryan Stuman was in RTA that I joined uh, Apex because during COVID, uh, RTA stopped their their meetings that they were going to have, mm -hmm. and he continued to have them in person. You know, and I was like, shoot, I think I want to join this, and you know, so that's really it. I liked both aspects of both of them because. Arate is more fundamental business and you know you you cannot they how do I describe this it's about being an excellent person and doing the right thing and and helping others become better right and that's really where why I started mother trucker was to help other truckers that's a whole other story um and then apex also was the reason why I joined also was because I could be taught in person how to help grow my business following you know the building your machine path and going down the internet route route mm -hmm. because in trucking it's hey dude i got 115 trucks you want to ship your shit well I, i'll put them over at your warehouse tomorrow you know mm -hmm. it's a little bit different than having to be on the internet and crms and all this. i didn't know anything about any of that stuff and yeah. that was well, that's what drew me to apex and now now ryan is like hey not only are you going to do that but we're going to get into nfts we're going to go down this route how about we invest in this i mean so he's bringing us all together and, and taking us along with him mm -hmm. which is fabulous i love that part of it too yeah yeah i like how they uh I like how they bring opportunities to the group, and we you get the the combined um, you get the combined effects of everybody's experience, and that that really is uh, really is one of the, the the key reasons I like going so much is it doesn't matter what deal you're trying to put together or somebody else is trying to put together. There's always something or somebody in the room that can contribute to uh, to helping out. So uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a wonderful wonderful group. Yeah, I love. 
what would you say your biggest takeaway from uh, <clears throat> being part of Masterminds uh, is or would be? What's the one real, real part of value that stuck with you? I just feel that's a good question. I feel like I really just enjoy being current. You know, it's you go to college and you learn something. I went to college, you know, a long time ago and being able to talk with people about what's current and what is working for their businesses and what is new that mm -hmm. seems yeah. to be the biggest takeaway is it reinvests into you which uh you can take on to home to your business and then continue to help you know the people that work for you and go down the, the path of what is current because if you don't you're going to be stuck with the world passing you by oh it does doesn't like it yeah yeah <laughs> man you just hit that right on the head because you can be as good as you want in your own little ecosystem but if you're not touching other people's ecosystems and, and learning about new things then you just you stay still man i, ne I never thought of it like that that was really yeah. well put i feel like that thank you i, hmm. I feel like that's the way to, to do it um i've been involved in uh, Robert Kiyosaki's, uh, he had a, a, a mastermind back in the day. Uh -huh. You were a private coach, and you know, I went down that. You know, he gave us lots of lessons, and it was more real estate focused. And uh, Marshall Reddick also offered all of this for free here in Southern California. And you know, I went down the, the rental property path for many years, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Also, kind of just gave me a, a really really enjoy having somebody give you some information that you just won't get out there if you're just the leader of your own pack right absolutely right and so now that circles us all the way back around to the beginning where we were at <laughs> how has coaching programs and learning to build culture um, which i know is uh, one of andy Fasella's specialties how has that helped you to minimize driver churn and employee turnover in your businesses I told you we'd get back to it. You're right. You did. You did. You're right. So for me, I really, um, I treat my truckers like it's family. And I heard another trucking company advertise. I'm like, geez, they sound just like me. You know, like I thought I stood out, but um, it comes down to doing the right thing. It comes down to, you know, I, I'm having a major issue with one of my customers and uh, I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing with my drivers and I'm having to spend time with them individually because of what has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think most trucking companies would do that. And you'd have a mass exodus, right? And right. I don't want that. I want people to understand here's what went wrong and why, and here's how we're going to fix this so that this will never happen again. And because I'm taking care of them and show that I care about them enough to take the time and explain it to them so that you know we can all continue to go down this path together that's the way to go you know um I have a guy that wants to put you know a sugar creek tattoo on him because he loves it so much here you know and, and really it's part of the culture is to to make sure that you're taking care of your people that work for you mm -hmm. and that they want to bring other people to work for you because they know you're going to do the right thing you know a lot of carriers lose people and don't care because and we do i constantly have an ad out i'm constantly bringing truckers in um 
and we do churn because people don't really understand the culture and they see that someone over there is paying them a hundred dollars more because when these truckers when they get on the docks they talk about money they're like how much does she pay versus how much do you pay and you know in the end i've had truckers that have stayed with me they're like i made more money with you in the last quarter than i did an entire year working at this other place even though they think their paychecks are more because i'm kind of like here's your rate with this you get a dispatcher you get to park here you get you know some taxes yeah, 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 yeah. all these little things that i just it's a hassle to make these people pay and i'd rather absorb it based on you know what little bit i i do take on a percentage you know mm-hmm. so i've kind yeah. of gone down this other path but um it's but- just about like you said doing the right thing and having people understand that I'm not going to screw anybody over. Mm-hmm. If something goes sideways, we will fix it, you know, and doing that is what keeps people to come to work for you because they know that they feel confident that you're going to take care of them. Even if they make a little bit less, they're not having to jump ship every week because of the almighty dollar. Right. And that, and one thing that stuck out to me from what you just said was you remove many of their obstacles in their workday, um, such as where to park and, and the, the money for that and the tolls and everything else. You take care of all that. And so that, yeah. that's got to add to the quality of their employment. And at some point in a man's life, he stops looking at the dollar sign and starts looking at saying, uh, man, is this really what I want to do? And I think everything you can do as a business owner that, that helps them work towards their goals and removes the obstacles, making their work day suck a little bit less. I think uh, I think you're on a good uh, you're on a good thing because everybody's got to work, right? We just we just want right. to work at stuff we enjoy. So um, you know, like shit, I spend probably four hundred dollars a month on snacks, and I'm on a very strict meal plan, and my employees get to eat whatever damn snacks they want. Uh, you know, at first I was very much of the opinion that's four hundred dollars of my money. Damn it! What the hell? Let's go buy I your own snacks. That. But right. now, now I've got happy little fat employees that smile and eat all the rice crispy <laughs> treats they want, and, uh, and it, it cut. It, it's nothing. They come to yeah. work and they're happy, and that makes it me happy. Like that. Yeah, so, when they're happy, it is like that. I I buy my uh, people lunches all the time to you know within the office and then mm-hmm. the, the truckers i always have candy here yeah i always have food i'll but always have water you know all of that good that's stuff. what we got, so we got, it got is cases like of it we've got sodas but top tip employee retention tip number one rice crispy treats so- <laughs> i'm gonna have to go get some i'm writing it down right now <laughs> we should put we should put that in your recruiting ads <laughs> we offer free rice crispy treats on fridays <laughs> Come collect your paycheck and get a treat. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you should just keep them in a case by the time clock, to be honest. But um, <laughs> all right. I love that. Back to work. Because, um, you know, this this one, I, I had some, I have some personal interest in this, uh, in this, these topics because I'm, I'm very much uh, tied into the transportation industry with, with the media yeah. company. So I wanted to talk to you for a little bit about what changes you've seen in the industry since uh, that two weeks to, uh, to, to, to slow the curve happened um, two years ago now, and what that's done to the transportation industry, and, and more importantly, how it's, uh, how it's affected your business. Because 
I would be willing to bet that it had a very negative effect for a very short amount of time, and now it's had an extremely positive effect um, ever since. I, that's Absolutely. just that's just my guess. Yeah, your your guess is 100% correct, sir. You win the prize. Well, that's what happened to us, man. It was it was awful when it happened and then boom, it's it, it's made I think I think for me it made me work a lot harder and made me a better businessman and then just everything fell into place. Um It it did. I I think it's like that for a lot of people. I know a lot of people it really went sideways, but I just feel like if you're given a curveball, you have to learn how to swing. You know, yeah. Look, so when, when the yeah. when the car goes sideways, you steer into it and you hit the gas. Yeah, like, exactly. That's it. Yep. Don't let off the gas for sure. Yeah. For me, my largest account, you know, is an online company that mm. you hit the enter key and they deliver your product in two days. So mm. during COVID, guess what happened? Is that, they wanted more trucks. It kind of runs. Kind of rhymes yeah. with jungle. Sounds like jungle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, so your your business after after maybe a, a half second's hesitation, um, if if that's your main client, your business must have uh, must have grown almost exponentially because like there's a lot of stuff moving in boxes now. Yeah, it did grow exponentially. They just kept asking for more and more and more trucks, and at, also at that same time, they were removing UPS from picking up the day to day, and they put us in their position. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so I was their second carrier ever to be able to sign up with them. And uh, here in L.A., I really just expanded on that. And then um, but during that time, though, it was it was a few probably six weeks of them giving us very little work because uh, things were in turmoil. Things were 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 really difficult warehouses didn't want to see any truckers they didn't mm -hmm. want to you know, have us touch anything they became where we were paperless um you know so the, the truckers would just back up to their dock and they would take a picture no one would touch anything or get within six feet you know all of that stuff and it it soon went away in two weeks was it lasted months but shoot there was a time where i had several truckers that came to me and said, look, I, I'll let you give this work to this guy. Cause I know he has kids, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, people were very generous with that time knowing, you know, I only need this amount of money to be able to survive. And these guys, we want to share, give them the work thing. That was kind of something that I was like, Oh my gosh, my own people are sharing, you know, not being greedy and just understanding that we're all in this together. Right. Mm -hmm. so you know and 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 also no one wanted to go into la because if you recall they were stopping truckers on the freeway and these people were standing on the freeway and the news recorded it and everything and of course my truckers are like i don't want to go down here you know and i'm calling the customer going these guys don't want to drive through la because they're afraid of their life oh, wow. you know so, you know, they, we went through that and, and so we would turn away loads to LA, but sometimes, you know, they had to, and they're like, what do I do? And uh, I, I suppose, I suppose there are legality issues with using snow plows to clear protests, aren't there? <laughs> right. You probably I, get in trouble for that. I said something along that line. <laughs> Let's just read between the lines there. I said, you do what you gotta do. You're the 
piloting command of your own truck or my truck, you're piloting command of your own life, which means you get to do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. So that's what I let them do. It's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be driving down that either. I'd have to find an alternative route or, I, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't want my employees uh, going down and doing that. Um, no. Do you think there's a future coming where more and more packages, especially in the short term fulfillment, are delivered by drone and autonomous vehicles? Boy, I have had a few blogs on this myself. Um, the drones, I think that's going to be a tough one. I, I really don't think we're all ready for it. Yet. It's cool as hell, though. It's like the Jetsons. Yes. Could you like yes. a, a cross between Jetsons and Harry Potter with the owls delivering shit? Right. Um, I I've seen the ones where um or, or read the articles where they have a a, a big uh, drone hub and then the drones come to it and, and fly out. But I'm more interested in the automated and AI and battery operated stuff that's coming into the transportation industry. You know, what, what, does, what do you think the future of trucking and logistics kind of, kind of looks like? I feel like automation is good. And, and I know a lot of truckers are so worried about it. And I think it's going to take years still. I think at this point in time, what I've read about it is there still is a human factor to it. Maybe, just maybe, you could have a truck that's fully autonomous, fully working, but you still need a human in there. If that truck breaks down, which they do, whether oh, it's, yeah. right, someone has to make a phone call. Maybe it'll be automated still. But someone's going to have to get out of that truck and find out what is wrong with it. Because I can see right now what is wrong with every single one of my trucks as it happens. But just because a code or a sensor shows you what it is, that may not be what yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. And so then companies are going to send a, who knows, a, a, a truck. You another right another drone. Send, you a, said, a, send a, a, a robot dog. <laughs> on the side of the road who's gonna you know like so, there has to be a people yeah. person, a factor there maybe the person that's going to be sitting because right now i've seen them advertise it and there's someone sitting there so um maybe that person is going to be taught how to do mechanics um somebody has to get the bill of lading or the paperwork or back the truck up into something tight or watch you know i mean there has to be a person there i'm sure 30 years from now, it'll be completely different. And I sound like an idiot. But right now, <laughs> I feel like we're a long, long way from that. And I see that it would be good, especially since there's such a trucker shortage, it would help. But right now, it's still not there. Right now, there's still a safety issue with the rest of the world oh, that yeah. can yeah, drive no, no. the car. If we all had Teslas, it would run perfectly. But there's still human error with the other car that's next to you. You know, because someone's yeah. driving it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So, do you drive trucks yourself then? Have you ever done that? Is that something you um, mess with? Yeah, I actually was in process of getting my license and I got sick last summer with pneumonia and I never did go back to it because I wanted to start a truck driving school. I wanted to learn how oh, to go man. from zero to hero from, from that. But um, I can drive a truck, but it's illegal. So, you, you I may know how to drive it, but you can't unless you have a CDL. 
You may not know the answer to this then. I, I've always <laughs> wanted to know how good it feels as a truck driver when a little kid leans out of a car window and, and rams his arm down, you get to honk oh, the air horn. I wonder how good that feels as a truck driver. I think they all love that. <laughs> they all love that. It is that. I still do it to my truckers when they drive away and they just smile. <laughs> I'm a little kid, <laughs> you know? I still love that. I love it. I lo <laughs> like, I, I, will, um, I will confess that every time me and Tex go on a road trip together, um, I'm the one hanging out the window for the 18-wheelers. It's, it's a lot of fun. All right. <laughs> I got a few more questions for you. You're not going anywhere yet. Um, okay. That's funny. I want to know what's next for Monica, Mother Trucker, and Sugar Creek. What does the future hold for you, and what secret plans have you got that you can share with the listeners? My my secret plans are no secret because I I want to grow, right? So yeah. The, I I had sat out in uh, I think it was the January Apex event where we all needed to put down what we wanted to do this year, and I plan on doubling, um, and I have the path of getting there. So, but I'm already running out of room. Um, so I have to buy another truck yard or lease another truck yard or something to be able to fit everybody because I basically closed in November and I'm already running run out of room. Wow. So I'm going to double Sugar Creek and then um, for the truckers that are running. And then with Mother Trucker, I, I just got approved for an app on uh, Apple to be able to have you know mother trucker app on their phone which is going to have a plethora of information for truckers that can either go find jobs for truck trucking companies to have people fill out applications it's all done automatically mm -hmm. so they don't have to spend the time which has been like the biggest hurdle of my life is trying to make sure i have everything proper for the dot's standards so i'm rolling that out um, for truckers and trucking companies so that they can um, have a lot of help in that department. So that's what's my plan. And then, of course, I still plan on investing and, and uh, I've uh, invested in WAGS's uh, uh, food section of his businesses. So um, I, I'm the largest female investor um for for his group too so i'm i'm looking forward to going down that path with him too yeah it's a whole other world when uh, when your money buys you time and your money goes to work for yourself huh yes it is it, yes it is i'm trying to get there i keep working on it <laughs> <laughs> live like a college student and trust me you, you will be that and usually on fridays too I'll, I'll send out a little something on my story and I'm like, Hey, if you got paid today, you have to at least have sent save 10%, you know, put mm -hmm. it away first, pay your bills left after that, because it will always work that way. If you pay yourself last, there's never any money. left. There's never anything left. No. And, and yeah. it's the human condition. We'll always spend everything we have on trying to acquire the things we want. You know, mm -hmm. So you, you may as well pay yourself first. Um, yep. The, you always seem to make up the missing 10%. Like, it is that it, it always seems to come back so yeah um, it is that it's the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset which one do you want well, you know okay now we've gone down that path <laughs> no seriously what was the what was the tipping point that moved you or helped to move you from a scarcity mindset which is where most blue collar guys and where most people that have had you know financial struggles and grown up in poorer households 
they stay in that scarcity mindset. What was the one thing that helped you trigger from that scarcity mindset into an abundant mindset and have the faith to believe in the abundance? I think it was my dad. My dad just always had that instilled in me. No matter how sideways I went, my ex-husband was not that. And I just kept going, look, we're going to do this. I I don't know how, but we're going to do this. It's just going to happen. You know, every single time I thought I was going to lose everything, frigging God put this, you know, back in my plate and said, here you are, you know? So um, it kind of made me just realize when you think negatively and you think you're not going to have anything, you're not. Mm-hmm. And when you're like, I've got all the money in the world, you know, I want to go buy a bajillion dollar boat or whatever it is. Guess what? You're going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what you're putting out in the universe is what's going to come back to you. So that's really the difference. And if once you understand that it's, you're always going to have success, you're going to have shit go wrong mm-hmm. in your life, but you know, that's to teach you, a lesson right and then you learn from that and move from there and i feel like really that that's really the way to go and i i just have always had that my dad was just always like you will learn how to do it this way trust me you know and he's always been like that you know hey you will always have food for you your kids you will always have this you you know think bigger Mm-hmm. think bigger you know i was like wait what you know so it just from when i was a teenager and i kind of lost my way in the middle of that when i was married and then i kind of went you know what i got to go back to what my dad taught me and he's right man so, I, got, I got lucky i wonder why they don't teach that in school they don't want you to they don't want <laughs> you to know that stuff in school they want you to get a job and work for the man and they don't or the woman right mm-hmm. <laughs> right well, now yeah. pelosi's the woman right <laughs> no, I won't I, say that. I I'm not that. sure. I don't know. I don't know who's got the biggest dick out of those guys. I think she might outswing, but <laughs> she might outswing Biden at this point. She might. I, don't know. I think so. I think anybody would. <laughs> I didn't All right. Say enough. That. Enough. <laughs> we, we will not edit that out. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. No, but, um, I don't know. Life is good. It's about your mindset. You can do anything that you want to do. And I, I keep saying that. And my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's like, mom, come on. You know, I'm like, no, 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 seriously. What, you know, I bring her back to a day in kindergarten where she dressed up as a rock star. And this other girl came up to her and she's like, hey, my mom said I couldn't dress up like that. You know, I'm like, that sucks to be you. My mm. kid can do whatever she wants, you know? So it, it's just kind of a mindset. You're taught that. You, you're taught to follow we're not taught to lead right Amen. it starts from there wow i love that i love that and having the discipline to lead yourself man i wish it hadn't taken me till 40 years old uh to realize that you could be absolutely anything you wanted to be and do anything you wanted to do um yeah. but lo- looking back at my life i mean i was a i was a professional drummer i always wanted to do that you know yeah, and- yeah. i've seen you and, and, now, <laughs> and, and now, I'm a, now I'm a podcaster and I'm on TV, but it's like, it's just a little bit of YouTube TV, but I always wanted to do that. And, you know, I, I never yeah. thought it'd be possible. Um, so huge lesson there. And man, if you want to do it, just go do it. All right. I got a couple more questions for you. Um, okay. I always ask my guests. I am, I'm a, I'm not a fan of college, but I'm a massive fan of ongoing continuous education. Um, I think college, I think college should be free. 
Um, I think as a society we should be doing better to educate kids, but let's not touch that. I like continuing education. What are some good, maybe one, maybe two, standout books that you have read that have made the biggest impact on you in your career? Oh, I always say Think and Grow Rich, The Mm. Richest Man in Babylon, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Millionaire Next Door. I think those are great foundations. Those are like staples, man. I, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially the first two. I think the first two have probably had uh, some of the biggest impact on me as well, the, the Think and Grow Rich and the, the Richest Man in Babylon, where um, in Think and Grow Rich, he really does touch on the reality of whatever is in your mind, uh, you can uh, you can achieve it. Definitely, definitely. So, all right, I've got one more question for you, and this is okay. one that I ask all my guests also. Um, this show is based at business owners that or maybe five or ten years behind us in their development maybe it's somebody maybe it's uh excuse me maybe it's monica in uh, in 2016 2015 when she's struggling but what i want to ask is what's the thing that you would turn around to somebody that was a little ways behind us and uh what's one piece of advice you would give them hmm. um I think I touched on it earlier and and that is never give up on your dreams always keep the gas pedal to the metal Mm. in whatever it is that you want you know it's there's so many different things kind of a question that you ask people that there's so many different answers for it but I think that's probably the best thing I would say is don't give up keep going don't listen to anybody that says you can't do shit when you know you can't I am going to buy a little sound effect button so I can drop a bomb. Like, so when my guests <laughs> drop, yeah, that was just <laughs> wonderful. Well, yeah, if it's good enough for Bradley and Zach Babcock, man, it's good enough for the small business surgeon, man. We got to, yes, we got to get on that, that bomb sound effect. I'll write it down. But yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing, amazing advice. All right, Monica, it's been a blast hanging out with you, my dear. I'm so Thank sorry you. we didn't do this earlier and that it's taken a year and a bit <laughs> to I get know, you. <laughs> Okay, sure. You know, like, oh my gosh, let's do this. This is fun. Thank you so much for having me on, Sam. All right. Before we go, where can people follow you on the internet? Where can they follow the uh, the Mother Trucker brand and and check out all the things you're doing? Yeah. So mothertrucker.life. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. uh, Monica.fires on Instagram. Uh, My website is sugarcreektransportation.com for the trucking part. And, uh, monicabuyers.com so you can find me in multitudes of different directions if you need me and we will put some some links in the show notes thank you so much uh monica for hanging out with us i really appreciate you coming on the show thank you all right guys that was monica Byers, the uh, president of sugar creek enterprises and uh, founder of mother trucker i want to thank her so much for coming on if you liked what she had to say run over and check out her socials give her a follow and as always you can find us on instagram at small business surgeon and uh, we're on itunes spotify and all those places uh, if you've enjoyed the show do me a favor leave a review share it out tell your friends about it it's how we grow our audience and how we bring even more cool stories to you guys every week all right that's it from me for today you'll be good be productive and uh, go get to work
This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.